shot. He scores! And the Ballers win! Helena is no longer undefeated! I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. Barons win! Barons win! Cody Jansen stopped 92 out of 95 shots, including a penalty shot in overtime. Somehow he still only wound up the third star of the game. You like that? Jansen has a heart. You're smoking crack! Alrighty, I feel you. Talkie time. World Hockey Report. Cody Jane's in with you on 12 Ounce Sports. Ho ho, it's Wednesday. Nothing short of hockey to talk about as well. It was going all throughout the night with the Olympics. The Oilers have won another one. We got a little bit of drama as well. Crosby hits a milestone, and we've got the biggest hockey game of the year coming up. I said it, it's the biggest hockey game of the year. It's one of the best hockey rivalries in the world. Doesn't matter what league, what level, what gender. Canada, USA, if you're not fired up for it, check your pulse or probably just stop watching the show right now. That's simple. It's Cody Jansen, World Hockey Report. Follow us on Twitter at Janner31 underscore and the show at World Hockey RPT. Today, in about 20 minutes' time, we'll catch up with former NHLer Jason Strudwick. Get some funny stories out of him. Hey, I know the Oilers are playing well. They made a questionable move today. I'll ask you about that in about five minutes' time as well. We are going to preview Canada, USA with the icebreaker herself. It's Alexis Downey coming up from Stadium. We'll connect with her around 1240, but we got a lot of Olympic talk to get to first. And, hey, shout-out to Pro Rock Hockey Sticks, the absolute best in the business. That's where we're coming to you live today from. It's the Pro Rock Broadcast Studios, beautiful Alberta. I'm Cody Jansen. This is World Hockey Report. And connect with us anytime. Join the conversation, 12 Ounce Sports, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch. I see the messages are already rolling in. And, I mean, we'll get to it. There's so much I want to talk about. But first, we do have a contest going on right now. There's the World Hockey Report prize package. And I'll, I'll let you get in early right now. I'll give you one more chance. We asked Predict It before, and everyone was picking either Canada or USA. So it's simple right now. You want the World Hockey Report prize pack? There is swag. There's shirts. There's hats. There's golf balls. Uh, it's, there's gloves. The, I mean, there's so much stuff. It's a prize pack. There is everything you could look for. And all you got to do right now, take us on Twitter at World Hockey RPT. Tweet at us. Use that hash or use the at, I guess, at World Hockey Report. And just let us know. Final score. Who do you think is going to win tonight? Who's going to score? You want bonus points? You want to break a tie? You know what? Let us know who's going to have the game winning goal. You can do it at World Hockey RPT. Just tweet at us right now. You get entered to win the prize pack today. Can we talk? Do we want to talk Canada or the Americans first? I mean, it's such a slippery slope when you talk about Olympics and everyone's going to go right to the excuses. Right away, everyone wants to talk, well, the NHLers aren't there. Well, COVID, well, it was in China. Not that many people wanted to go. Are you not a little bit embarrassed? A little, a tiny bit embarrassed by USA Hockey and Hockey Canada both bowing out in the quarterfinals. Like, these are two hockey powers, hockey nations I mean, the amount of rinks in Canada, I think it's 29 times more, probably 30 times more than in Slovakia. I don't know the U.S. number, so don't even get me started on that. 
But we're talking about a country that has invested how many millions, probably billions, let's be real, into the men's program. And just because we can't get any chellers, we can't get through the damn quarterfinals in the Olympics against Sweden? Come on. I know Sweden went to the Olympic finals in 2014, but that was still best on best. Just because it's not best on best, just because it's not any chellers, doesn't mean Canada should have an, you know, a, a team that can't make it to the semifinals or compete. Like, it's an absolute failure. Call it what it is. You can only... Everyone's going, oh, well, they had some success. Does success really matter or count if it's against China and Germany? Like, you played China twice. They're an absolute joke of a team. Like, you, you should never be in those games. I think they were both won by, what, five goals? I don't know. Why Why are we pumping everyone's tires around that? That ain't a competitive hockey country. Give me a break. And Germany, they got hot at the right time in 2018. I mean, they weren't a good hockey team. Call it like it is. Germany was terrible at the Olympics, and those are the only two countries Canada had success against. It's embarrassing that Hockey Canada didn't do that. And, and, I mean, Adam was on Twitter saying, hey, maybe Claude Julien's to blame. Maybe it's the style. I mean, they were sitting back. They looked gassed. They're still professionals. You can't play a back-to-back. You're tired because you played China? China, out of all teams, is the one that really gassed you. No, I mean, they were just stubborn. They were trying to rope-a-dope Sweden, it seemed. They were sitting back. I mean, Lars Johansson came out. He didn't play since the first game. The Swedish netminder played game one against Latvia, and he just sat on the bench for a week and a half, two weeks. Comes in against Canada and posts a shutout. That's how easy the Canadians were to play against. That's how bad our preparation for the game was. That's how bad the game plan was for Canada. That we posed zero, zero threats to Sweden. That's sad. When you've got a lot of up-and-comers that would love to get this opportunity. I'm telling you, Kent Johnson, that guy got screwed over. I wanted to see more from, you know... Eric Stahl, I wanted to see more from Odell. There was players on this team that are really damn good hockey players, and they didn't play like it. That's the issue. You can say, oh, well, they had short notice. They had to turn it around. No, the only game Canada played half decent that you can look back and give yourself a pat on the back is the Germany game, and that was under Jeremy Colleton. So was it coaching? Was it the game plan? Did that change drastically? Because the Americans handed it to him. And, I mean, your your victory, your moral victories, whatever you want to call it, your pats on the back after that came against China. Kind of embarrassing. And if you're the Americans, I mean, <laughs> you know, we're all laughing at you after losing to Slovakia. Fun fact, I went to bed with like five minutes left in that game. I'm said, nope, no more. I'm done. It's 2-1. Slovakia's done. They're not playing Slavkowski enough. The Americans got it in the bag. I like Strauss man in the tournament, and we'll dive into that maybe next week because there's a lot I do want to break down. You know, Patrick Rybart out of Slovakia too. Could these guys be getting NHL looks after this? Like there was two elite goaltenders in this tournament, and they were playing against each other in that USA-Slovakia game. I think Strauss man's earned himself an NHL contract. Rybar, he, he, he had a better game. Doesn't mean he's the better prospect. No, let's not kid ourselves here. 
But the Americans, how do you blow it? 47 seconds left, the Slovaks win. And then you don't let Matty Bernier go in the shootout. One of your most skilled players. Like, and let's say we're doing shootouts at practice and he was just absolute dog and we didn't see it. There's really no excuse for that. So I don't, I, again, you can tell me if I'm wrong. Join the conversation anytime. We're just talking Olympic hockey year 12 out in sports. It's Cody Jans and join the conversation on Facebook and YouTube right now. Are, are you embarrassed by Canada and USA's performance? The men's team. The women's are phenomenal. They're going to play in a gold medal game tonight. It's going to be a barn burner. Probably bet the overtime because it's going to be a phenomenal hockey game. We'll get to some of your comments right now on Twitter, of course. Chime in at World Hockey RPT. Um, Seth Hagen says apparently they they should have just taken every guy from the Saskatchewan Senior Hockey League. Apparently they are just as good as the NHL guys. Dot, dot, dot. Is that a shot at me, Seth? I don't know who you're trying to take a shot at. The Saskatchewan senior guys? I don't know what I've seen there. Um, Oz says, I wonder what the backup plan was. They should know full well the potential was the NHL was not going, so why wasn't this team being worked on for the past year or two? A pool of 50 players that are in constant communication with coaches, mini camps, Zoom meetings, etc. I fully agree with that, Oz. I'll chunk it a like. I I 100% agree with you. There should have been a backup plan in place, and I get it. They wanted NHLers to go, but from the get-go this season, the talk was if COVID affects our leave, the the Olympics are gone. So Hockey Canada, again, that's another failure on their behalf. Who's to blame for that? Well, it's the people in charge. Um, Jay Hockey says, I kind of agree. We're known as a hockey nation. We can't roster a legit team with no NHL players. I'm willing to bet nations where soccer's their main sport could still roster a good team without their World Cup players. Would agree with that. A little bit different when we're just talking about World Cup players and you know maybe if it's like England and you take out the Premier League, it's a different story. But I, I fully, that's that's really what I agree with. Colin Bennett says, why you couldn't replace guys like Cracknell, Winnick, and Noro with younger and more talented players. Odella, oh, why, why you couldn't? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm just going to read this. It's a little confusing, Colin. I get your message. Oh, he says Odella to big hit to start the tournament, then set up out. Canada has to have a better selection out there. That's what I said. Odell had a great game against Germany. Great period against Germany. And after that, where were they? Where was your Cracknells? Where was your Winnix? I mean, Nero was fine on the back end. Uh, I mean, Matt Robertson was fine. Owen Power was good. But, like, I don't know. Adam said, okay, just send the World Junior team. And, honestly, the World Junior team would have done the exact same, and they would have appreciated it probably more. Let's be real. Maybe they would have given a better effort. Maybe there would have been more energy tonight on the big ice. It's not to say that Eric Stahl and those guys didn't appreciate it to the max. I'm sure it was a special moment that none of these guys are ever going to forget. But you bring Devin Levi along, you don't play. Matt Tompkins was good. But again, you've got Eddie Pasquale starting You know some of the bigger games. Give Devin Levi the experience. That's going to be your goalie of the future. That's the, the only one of the three with NHL potential right now is Devin Levi. So why is Hockey Canada not trying to do this to bolster there? You know, if Hockey Canada treats Devin Levi right here, gives him the opportunity, maybe it makes the difference down the road in a world championships when Buffalo, he's in Buffalo, yeah, he is. 
when Buffalo is on the fringe of making the playoffs. Maybe it's been his first or second NHL season, and they're like, hey, come to the World Championships. And he's like, well, I'm a little tired or whatever. But, oh, Hockey Canada did me right at the Olympics. They treated me right. Now I'm going to go. I don't know. Could be a difference maker there. Again, this is a conversation that, you know, we could have for five hours, and I don't think we're ever going to find a perfect solution. So let's move on quickly to some NHL hits. Uh, shout out Sidney Crosby. He's got 500. Also, Gino, hilarious comment. He's just, uh, on Instagram. I can't remember who posted it, but uh, Gino said a congrats uh, tagged himself for the apple there. Um, Tyler Toffoli gets traded to Calgary. I don't think that moves the needle. He's a great player. He's a damn good hockey player. He's going to score goals. But what does that matter if you can't put it together in playoffs with guys like Johnny Gaudreau, Sean Monaghan? I'm not fully convinced that that is going to change the way the Calgary Flames are once the regular season ends. Would love to be proved wronged, but again, still not thinking that one's moving the needle. Uh, Brendan Lemieux, what did you think about the dive? Dive, punch from Kane. A lot of comments on Twitter. I can't get to all of those. It, you know, people are saying both. It's obviously a big flop. Kane definitely clocked him one. I don't know. I got no problem with it. And I also don't have a problem with Dylan Cousins chasing down Brock Nelson and giving him a cross check. Nelson's whacking him all game. He's, you know, he, like he ran into the goalie as well at one point. Cousins is sending a message. He gets a $2,000 fine. Stop talking about suspensions for all that stuff. I mean, come on. He skates down and he cross-checks. Is it an intent to injure? Yes. But so was the five slashes that Brock Nelson got in on Dylan Cousins too. You don't think he's trying to injure his ankle when he's taking a whack there? How about on the wrist? People, people, give your head a shake. It's Is it dirty? Yes. Is it unnecessary? Yes. Is it something that winners do? Also, yes. That's where we'll leave that at. The Oilers, they send out Stuart Skinner to Miko Koskinen comes back up. Is it the right choice? I mean, you got Smitty, you got Koskinen. Is that really going to be Ken Holland's tandem? Are they just going to roll with them until one of them gets injured again? Because that seems like it's likely to happen in the next month or so. The way this team's been playing and their goaltendings have struggled to stay healthy. I don't know. Do you call Skinner back up later in the year? You can't keep him on the taxi squad. He's got to be playing games. But there's got to be a better situation here for him. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong again. You can let me know anytime at January 31 underscore on Twitter. The show is at World Honky RPT. We still got Alexis Downey to come up, preview Canada, USA in the gold medal game. That's coming up 9 o'clock Alberta time tonight, 11 o'clock if you're out east. So it's a late one. Grab a coffee. Stay up for that. We're going to talk with former NHLer Jason Strudwick. After the break, it's World Hockey Report. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If the sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big day payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
21 plus minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call the TN Red Line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7 or visit ccp.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Take your game to the next level with Pro Rock Hockey Sticks. Pro Rock is changing the way we buy top-of-the-line twigs. They're lightweight, balanced, and provide the perfect kick point. Whether you're a pro hockey player or a beer league legend, Pro Rock Hockey Sticks are made for you. They're at a price point you can't beat, so check them out today at ProRock.com. Play like a Pro Rock. World Hockey Report, Cody Jansen, coming to you live from the Pro Rock Broadcast Studios today, joined by former NHLer Jason Strudwick is on the line. Strudy, I, I want to go back, and we always have a little bit of fun with people. You know, what What was your welcome to the NHL moment? Like, when you cracked into the league, I, I want to know, like, what was your first thought when you were kind of like, oh, damn, this is the NHL now? <laughs> um. Maybe how nice the buffet was at lunchtime. <laughs> you know, in the minors, we used to have to just scrounge around, and there was never really organized lunches. I mean, this was a number of years ago, so maybe it's changed. But back then, there was nothing. So I remember I got called up, and I go to my first pregame meal, and there's salmon and chicken and steak. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I, I don't want to leave this place. It's amazing. Um, but, you know, and on the ice, I think just skating around and, seeing how big the guys were, um, you know, players whose hockey cards I'd collected as a young man, you know, or as a kid. Also, now I'm on the same ice with them. It just, it blows your mind. Um, you know, I was never a five-star, you know, prospect where people are like, oh my God, look at Jason Strudwick when he was 10. This guy's amazing. Like, I was, I was good, but I mean, there's a lot of good kids, right? I wasn't elite. So now all of a sudden we have that situation and it's just amazing. So you get in there and you get to see it and uh, be a part of it. It's, it's, What do you remember about your first NHL goal? Walk me through. You remember the play and who it was on? Yeah, so it was. It took me a long time. I think it was over 100 games before I scored my first NHL goal. And, um, you know, I was in L.A. I remember I was playing before the Canucks, and the puck just kind of scored into the neutral, into, right into the middle of the ice. For some reason, I don't usually do this, but I jumped in there, grabbed the puck, threw it down, and just shot it on net. I didn't see it go in the net. And uh, my line, you know, I was out there with Bertuzzi and Jovanovski. I remember, they, we all came in the pile. They were so excited. And uh, I think Jovanovski's stick hit Bertuzzi in the head. And he had to get uh, some stitches. So we were all laughing about it after the game. Like, it was so, it was just so surreal, right? Like, I, I, I mean, everyone loves scoring goals, but I didn't, it didn't drive me. You know, I liked, I liked shutting other people down. I liked being mean, you know, like hitting and, you know, every now and then slashing when the ref wasn't watching. But... So the score goal was really cool, but it, just the reaction of my teammates. And I, I always felt that when a guy who didn't score a lot scored, you'd be so excited for them. 
Who was the toughest guy to defend out there when you were playing? Like, like who was the one guy when you're on the ice with them, you're just like, oh, this is not going to be a fun game? Yeah, I didn't like the quick guys. You know, Paul Correa, Timo Solani. You know, the bigger guys like Eric Lindros or George Thorne, I didn't mind it because they were so big, I thought I could get a piece of them and slow them down. And, and listen, I'm not going to suggest I shut those guys down, but at least I had a chance. You know, guys like the little quick guys, I, I just, it was so hard. It felt like you were just chasing wins. And uh, so talented, um, those guys. So anyone who was on the smaller side that was quick, I, I just, I didn't, it was hard for me. You know, the, the big bodies, no problem. You want to hit, let's do it. Who's the toughest guy you ever fought? Well, unfortunately, I fought a lot of them. They were very tough. Uh, <laughs> I would have liked to have had a, you know, a little bit easier road. But, you know, George Rock was probably, you know, the problem with George is that not only was he tougher than you or me, but he was a lot stronger than me. So, you know, going into a fight with him, my, my best outcome is tying. Right? I'm, I'm hoping for a tie. And, you know, in, in I can tell you when you're going into a fight hoping that the best outcome is you just tie the guy or draw, that's, that's not a good feeling. You know, there's most of the fights I felt like I had a chance to at least maybe get a decision. You know, not, not, not knock the guy out, but at least get a decision. But with George... I was just hoping for a tie, and he, the time we fought, and he just absolutely tossed me around like a rag doll. Absolutely, for it felt like 10 minutes. And after that, we never fought again. There's no sense. I didn't want to hurt his hands, and I didn't want to get beat up. So I was like, let's just, we both know you're going to beat me up. Let's just keep playing the game. So, how did you end up going? You were an Islanders pick, correct? I was out in Jurassic, yeah. How, how did you end up going to Vancouver? Was it part of a trade or was it an off-season leave? Yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I, I played my first year in the minors. I got one NHL or two NHL games and I got sent down. And then my next year, I didn't play anything in the NHL. Then I get called, uh, finally, my third year, I get called up at Christmas and I'm up there playing. So it's going really well. And, you know, Mike Milbury, um, you know, he said, you know, Stratty, we're going to, you know, I, I want to just a couple of weeks before the trade deadline. He's like, you know, we really made a mistake on you. We think you're a good player. You know, we could see you being a leader for our team for years to come. And we want to sign you to a contract extension, like all these great things. I'm like, oh, my God, this is crazy. So now, you know, we're, we're going into, we play Edmonton, my hometown. I play as an Islander against the Oilers. It was a great moment. And now the game goes uh, to Vancouver. And I remember on the plane, I was with some buddies. They're like, do you guys think you're going to get traded? I'm like, no, there's no way. Like, Mike Milbury told me, like, I'm going to be on this team for, he's going to sign me an extension. That's all I wanted. Like, I was so proud to be an Islander, right? When I was traded, I was very happy. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, at the time, I was very happy. I was young and naive. So I roll into Vancouver, get into my hotel, and 10 minutes later, the phone rings. This is before cell phones. And uh, it's like, hey, uh, Jason, it's Mike Milbury. I'm like, hey, how you doing? Like, just so you know, we just traded you to Vancouver. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, we just traded you to Vancouver. So the phone, he's like, Mike, Mike King is going to call you. So I hang up. My roommate clawed the points. Like, what happened? I said, well, I guess I just got traded. He's like, no, someone's pranking you. I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. Phone rings. Mike King in here. I'm like, hey, how's it going? He's like, hey, we just traded for you. We're happy to have you. Be in the lobby in 10 minutes. Someone's going to pick you up, take you to a press conference in, in, at the rink, and then drive you to a new hotel. And like, all right. So it was just a whirlwind. So Again, before cell phones, I get down there, I do the interview, and as I'm walking in uh, to the interview, Gino's walking out, and Gino Ojek was, was who I was traded for, a longtime Canuck and fan favorite, and he just said, um, you know, I guess he told the media, he said, you know, I don't mind getting traded, it's only getting traded for nobody, and I'm like, what the, f-? like, I was pissed, so, you know, I, I, I do my interview, and I, I'm, <clears throat> I'm upset about that, and whatever, they, you know, pay me to a hotel, 
So within like two hours, my whole life just completely changed. And I call, I call my parents like, so how are you doing? I'm like, I just got traded to Vancouver. They're like, what? Because this is, you know, 20 years ago before, more than that, before we, you know, everything, we had all the information we have now. And, um, I'm like, yeah, I just got traded. So here I am now playing for the for the Canucks the next morning. Mike Keenan says, I'm not sure if you're playing tonight. I took pregame skate. He's like, you're playing. And I was so mad at Gino. I'm like, I'm going to fight this guy. He's going to beat me up. I don't care. Like, I'm not taking this shit. So I'm chasing Gino around trying to fight him. We end up fighting, and he beats me up. Um, and at least I got my pound of flesh, right? And I remember the guys on the team were like, we can't believe you fought Gino. I'm like, well, why wouldn't I? And it was probably the best thing I could have done because it got me, my, my teammates to understand like I was you know willing to fight. And Mike Keenan just loved it. I remember he was so excited. And, um, you know, I, I'm not a violent guy, but it worked out really well, you know, in, in that in that situation. Um, after the game, the, 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 fan, or the media said, well, why'd you fight Gino? I'm like, well, because he said he knew who he was, but I thought I introduced myself. And that was a great line. And, like, after that, you know, I know I you don't replace Gino, but people are like, okay, this guy's here to play and it'll be fine. All timeline right there. Hey, you you played with uh, yeah. Rich Pilon as well. Obviously, I mean we, we, he's a friend of the show here. We know his son too. What was it like playing with Rich? You got a funny story you can share? Oh man, that guy he was just a wrecking ball, right? And he just he loved to be physical and hit. And I I, I actually really like watching him play, and I loved being his teammate for the short amount of time I was there. Um, but I'll never forget it. We're playing Philadelphia. And this is when they had the Wrecking Crew, right? Or the when the Legion of Doom uh, it was like Lindros, Leclerc, and um, what was the other guy? Not Reichel, but um, anyways, the, the Swede. So huge line. And um, the first shift, or one of the first shifts, Chief or um, Richie hammers Lindros from behind, and he gets kicked out of the game. So the coach comes down and is like, "Hey, you're now playing against that that line." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> like I was supposed to play against the third and fourth line. So also now I go from. 10 minutes to probably like, you know, twice that maybe. And it was awesome. And like, uh, I, I, Renberg, that was the other guy, Renberg. And I loved playing against him. And it was so much fun to play against him. And after the game, uh, Richie's like, good job, Sweaty. I'm like, thanks, buddy. Like, thanks for the chance. Like, no problem. And, and that was it. Like, he, he was such a fun loving guy and so good to his teammates. But he, uh, yeah, I'll never forget that game. And it was, it was kind of the first game where I got to have a major role. And uh, it was a pretty big jump for me in that, in that second. Even Lindros had it out multiple times, too. He's a great storyteller. Anytime you get him going on that, it's hilarious. Hey, also, we, we didn't mention, I mean, you got a couple of big-name cousins as well. You might have heard of them, Rob and Scott Niedemeyer. Okay, I, I got to ask, though, because you played with Rob overseas in that first lockout season. Like, one, why the hell hungry? And two, like, what were you guys doing over there? There's no way you weren't enjoying the scenery and cheap beer. <laughs> Yeah, so you know we had we'd hooked up in the summer to go <clears throat> and spend some time together, and they said like, "What do you want to do?" And and we both agreed that if it looked like the season wasn't going to start till you know you know what hadn't started before Christmas, we try to find someone to go play together. So just one day, I want to say like maybe just after Christmas, I'm cruising on the Oilers or on the NHLPA website, and I see this interest in playing hungry. So I click on it, and they're looking for a forward and D. So I call the guy right away, and they had like a middleman in Toronto. And I said, hey, uh, you know, whatever, this is Jason Stradwick. He's like, oh, yeah, great. I said, my cousin and I would like to, to go. Can you let us know if you're interested, if they're interested? So I went to bed. I, I didn't think it would happen. I got a call back the very next morning. They're like, they'll take you. So we each got paid nine grand to go over there and play for like two months. 
Uh, it, it wasn't a, a wealthy league, but they gave us a place. We each had our own rooms. It was sick. We had an incredible hotel, um, three different restaurants. We eat for free. And we were just, we had the best time. I mean, the, the experience was amazing. Hungary is an amazing place. Um, great people. Uh, we just, we loved it. We absolutely loved it there. And I'd go, I'd recommend visiting there to anybody. And we had people that, you know, an older man that took us around and kind of showed us Budapest and Hungary. We had a guy who was about in the thirties that would take us, take us out for some good times. Then we had a younger lady around 20 that would kind of help us with our day to day, like, cause the language was a, it was a, it was a pretty big barrier. But yeah, it was unbelievable, and we had the best time. Two months, um, I loved it. I absolutely loved that being over there for that time. Was there any stories of just the culture shock where it kind of hit you, or like, oh shit, not in Canada anymore? Nope, this is different to the states. Yeah, there. I mean, there's like, yeah, it was amazing. But we, you know, we found this they had this huge uh, market uh, down. It's a, it's a pretty famous market, and you know, during the day, no one really go there. It was, you know, it would just be, we found it and we started going there. So it was us and like all these like 70 plus year old men, they were sitting around and they'd, they'd have this heavy, like kind of like a borscht and then mulled wine or spiced mulled wine. And that's, so we'd have that. We'd meet, we'd go down there and, and the guys started recognize, like not that they, I think they knew everybody, but we, they started seeing that we were there regularly and they'd always say hi to us and talk to us and like and try to talk to us, right? And so one day we brought the, the young translator with us and she helped us translate and they explained who he was. So they started to become our buddies. So we'd meet these guys, you know, once or twice a week over two months, like we kind of get to know them. It was hilarious. And, and uh, but this small wine, some days you'd have a little bit too much. You have to slow down because we practiced at night, but um, it was pretty fun. It was, it was uh, like, that is a unique experience, especially as two Canadian guys that don't speak the language. You're just crushing mulled wine before practice. I was going to ask though, if it was still kind of like a senior league, like it is now where like a lot of the guys have normal eight to five jobs. They're slugging away and then they're going to practice at eight 30 at night. Yeah. We, there, we had a lot of guys who had other jobs, right? Um, you know, the, the league wasn't, you weren't paid very much. I think it's changed a bit now, but they weren't, they weren't highly paid guys. So we had like teachers, carpenters. Um, I mean, they were, you know, and we'd practice, you know, maybe two, three times a week. Um, but uh, yeah, it was neat. Like, to, and then you know, guys would invite us over to their homes, you know, with them and their girlfriend. They'd make us dinner. Like, it, it was it was such a neat experience because it really felt like you were. You know, if you go visit a city, you know, you kind of see a bit of high high you know high end tourist places or the the, the, the ones you want to see. But when you're, you know, now on a team, being invited to people's homes, being taken kind of behind the scenes of of what is truly it's like to be a Hungarian, it's really special. Um, you know, the, a friend, um, the, the guy, the, the gentleman is a older, George Kasai was his name, Yuri. And they, they would take us to, um, they took us to like a friend's kind of farm. We spent the night there and, and uh, my cousin, I think, went hunting for boars. Like it was, it was crazy. The experiences that we had were like, we, we you know, way past what, what we, you know, anyone, the, 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 the hospitality we got. And, it, and quite frankly, it's one of my best hockey memories. That's awesome. It's unreal too that you're by Budapest. No, it's a great place for sure. Like, I mean, you could be living in Siberia or Northern Finland where you don't see the sun for three months. So that's pretty cool. But you also got to spend time in Lugano in, in Switzerland. And, and I want to ask about that. You know, how did that come about that you go over there? And was that a big part in you deciding to play in the Spangler Cup later on for Team Canada? Mm, so I, 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 you know, I had a contract signed. I was with the Rangers, and the Rangers said they weren't going to sign me. They were going to sign this other guy who never played. But they, I signed a two-year contract signed, or ready with the Islanders. But they fired their GM just before I was able to sign it. 
So oh. everyone else that really signed, they're Jason Strudwicks, right? So, I mean, like, it's not like I'm like, you know, Drew Doughty. And so, you know, there's, there, I was replaceable because other teams wanted to sign me. They said no, and they move on. So I had nothing. And um, I just had my wife out. It was one of my best years in the NHL. I had nothing. So, you know, what to do? So my, I said to my agent, try to get me to Europe. And he called me. He's like, I found this team in Lugano. I had no idea where it was, but I knew Switzerland was beautiful. I'm like, I'm in. So I, I'd say I agreed on a Tuesday. I flew out on Thursday, got there Friday, and I played uh, Saturday. And um, it was amazing. Lugano's one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. Um, my house or our place we lived was incredible. Um, like just, there was, there was like, you could hear people, cows with bells walking just in the di- near distance um the mountains all around you like it was truly amazing it was it was amazing i just got married my wife came over and it was like a honeymoon for six months and i i absolutely loved it it was and then again one of my favorite hockey experiences because it was so different who gets to go to a place like Ugano? so um you know that i really did want to play for the cup pat quinn was the coach so i was asked i'm like i'll do whatever you guys need me to do and so I ended up playing it. We, we, we won silver and I lost in the gold medal game. But again, my parents came over, my sister and her, you know, soon to be husband came over uh, to watch that. Like it is just, those experiences are, you, you can't pay for that experience. Like you can't pay to play on the Spangler cup, but here you are in this beautiful place, Davos, um, just an amazing, amazing setup. Um, and the way that team Canada treated you and your family, it was, it was incredible. I just, I look back as one of the, the great memories of my career. That's awesome. Okay, we got Jason Strudwick here. It's Cody James. I've got two more for you, Strutty. So one, I just want to ask about, you know, coming back to Edmonton and playing for the Oilers. Obviously, it's a pretty special one. Or were you a little nervous when you signed, though? Like, just knowing kind of the state of the team at the time, post-cup run, knowing the pressure that would be involved in Edmonton? Or was it all excitement? You're just like, hey, I've got to play in Chicago, Vancouver, New York, all these cool places. Now I get to play a chance close to home. I was really excited to come home. Um, you know, I think as I was, I think I was 30 something at that point, I was very comfortable in who I was as a person and as a player. Um, you know, maybe as a 20 year old, it'd be different. You know, you're still trying to find your identity for both of those things. But I came back, I, I knew what I was, you know, and, and people that were trying to build me up to be more or less, I, I didn't really care because I knew what I could do. Um, you know, I felt I performed really well um, as an Oiler for my three years. The first year, I, I thought we should have made the playoffs. We really, we, I think we really dropped the ball there. Towards the end of the year, then after that, the team got you know progressively worse. There were some some issues, but um, but you know as far as coming back, I was very proud to be an Oiler and to come back. So yeah, really happy, really happy with it. Okay, last one for you. It's a simple one. Who's the best D man in the game today? Who do you think? Uh, I love Hedman. I, I just think he's he's so big the way he moves and when he jumps up in the play, like he'll make a D to D pass or sorry a breakout pass to the wing. And literally jump past the wing and get the pass back. Like he's he's six four, six five, whatever he is. I love the way he plays. He he's amazing. That's a fair take. Okay, okay. Then, then pick one for me. Who would you rather have, Adam Fox or Kale McCarr? Oh man, I love watching both these guys. Oh man, hot seat here. I think I think McCarr. I think McCarr has more natural talent. I think Fox is really smart. He's very subtle. His moves are very subtle that he does. Um, I think Makar is more of a highlight reel. Oh my God, that's a tough one. Oof. Um, I'll go Kale Makar. But honestly, this is like picking between my two kids, which one I love more. So it's a very, very close. 
Okay, we, we can stay friends of the show that you picked Kale McCarr, good uh, former Brooks man. Yeah. Strutty, this has been unreal. Thank yeah. you so much, man. I appreciate Great it. Time, uh, enjoy all you're doing in Edmonton, too, at TSN there at uh, 1260 and all that. Love that, too. Wish we could have heard more of your calls at the World Junior. Shit, we didn't even get into that. You're supposed to be calling games, and they canceled it on you. Yeah, maybe we'll get to do it this summer. Hey, there we go, August. Hopefully it's uh, coming back to Alberta. Study, this has been awesome. Thank you so much, man. Talk to you later, Cody. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If the sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big day payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call the TN Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7 or visit ccp.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Take your game to the next level with Pro Rock Hockey Sticks. Pro Rock is changing the way we buy top-of-the-line twigs. They're lightweight, balanced, and provide the perfect kick point. Whether you're a pro hockey player or a beer league legend, Pro Rock Hockey Sticks are made for you. They're at a price point you can't beat, so check them out today at ProRock.com. Play like a Pro Rock. Huge thanks to Jason Strudwick for hopping on the show. Talking about some of his Oiler days, a couple of pro hockey stories. We got to lighten it up once in a while. But we do have a big game tonight. It's the biggest one on the calendar. Everyone's been looking forward to it. USA-Canada, a rematch of, well, pretty much most Olympics here. 2018 was the big one. The USA on top. And to break it all down, Alexis Downey from Icebreakers over at Stadium joins us. Alexis, how are you doing? I'm doing well. You know, it's it's been a good week so far. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I mean, uh, outside of the disappointing hockey overnight on the men's side of things, I'm really excited. It's a, it's a night that I've had circled for a long time. We all kind of expected it to be, you know, just the golden evening of hockey in a sense of we had a good, you know, idea it was going to be USA Canada and now it's officially here. Like the, just the build up 
it feels like it's four years in the making, which it fully has been. And I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, Alexis, this is becoming, if not the best rivalry in hockey right now. It really is. I mean, we've been, we're so lucky that we are getting this rivalry tonight. And uh, like you said, we knew it was going to happen, but um, the talent level in this game tonight is going to be off the charts. And I really think that the women's hockey has been far more exciting to watch in the Olympics than the men's hockey for sure. And I'm really looking forward to the match tonight. What did you take away from the round robin game where Canada obviously got the better of USA, but the Americans did kind of control and dominate at times and they heavily outshot Canada. They really did. And that's why it's kind of interesting because I think they outshot them. It was the numbers were 53 to 27, which is a lot of shots, but you know, we know that Canada is, such an offensive team they have a lot of depth in their scoring and they've got a lot of speed but the U.S. has easily matched that speed on the other side as well I think one of the areas that kind of hurt at least the U.S. team is kind of you know finding the the right shots sometimes because a lot of their shots kind of come from the outside and I think just their scoring opportunities weren't quite there in that first game and they kind of lost a little bit of steam when you know Canada took the lead and um, I, I think that another thing for them is you know taking advantage of all of the power plays that they had because I know they only scored on one of them and they had quite a handful of chances Canada was in the box a lot in that first game so if they're able to take advantage of those power play opportunities I think that this game could be a little bit closer than we may think tonight. So when you look at Canada, would you say they have the upper hand based on semifinal as well, where the Americans had it a little bit? Well, let's be real. It was a lot tougher. They had to play Finland, which is the third best team in the tournament. They won bronze over Switzerland today. Do you think that that plays into effect here? I know they had a couple of days off, but is that somewhat a concern? No, you know, I, I think that Canada, I, I mean, granted, I think the U.S. will bring a good game tonight, but I just think that Canada is just heavily favored in this one. And we've seen why. I mean, they are just so dominant offensively. The level that they're playing at right now is, it's it's next level. It's something that maybe we quite haven't even seen in women's hockey, uh, which is really exciting because the day and age we're in now, women's hockey is starting to climb and rise and um you know we hope for a good game tonight but i don't think that any fatigue or anything is going to be on canada's side i think they're going to come out knowing the importance level of this game well i think women's hockey's at its peak right now for the best it's ever been not exactly the most competitive as it's been pointed out before compared to years like 2002 but for absolute speed skill performance i don't think anything's touching the level that these ladies are at right now in 2022 and i want to ask you being down in the states how big would an american win be let's let's be real because two olympic golds in a row that's got to be massive for the sport and just an absolute injection into the youth programs in the state you know or in the states seeing their country succeed oh it would be so huge for the us to win this game tonight and i know that back in the fall i was a part of cami granado's women's um, hockey showcase series and I got to see some of the young talented girls that are coming out and playing hockey with their teams 
And just the excitement level for them was so exciting to watch and look at. And I talked with a lot of them and they were just saying, you know, who they're, who they look up to and all these girls on the women's team um, are just such role models to them. So getting a win tonight, I'm sure would mean so much to all of those young girls that are looking up and hoping to get to that next level. Like they're the, the women are on the team. You do know Cami Granado. I forgot about that. I saw that. What did you think about her getting a job <laughs> in Vancouver? That That's pretty unreal. Like oh, for her moving up from a scout to an AGM. You know, and she is, she is such a brilliant hockey mind. Uh, when I talked with her, she was, she just, you, you can tell that she lives and breathes hockey and she gets it. Like she knows the challenges that, you know, women have in hockey and she wants to make it a more inclusive sport. And I think that she's going to bring a really good perspective to the Canucks. Okay, we got to go back to the Olympics, though, for a second. Of course, hey, it's Cody Jans and Alexis Downey with you on World Hockey Report. Get your USA-Canada gold medal predictions in right now on the chat, 12-ounce sports, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, wherever you're watching from. Chance to win a World Hockey Report prize back if you are correct. Alrighty, Alexis, I, I want to ask about the goaltending, and, and specifically towards Canada, because Anne Renee Debian has, you know, she's been their go-to. Maybe a couple of errors against Switzerland, though, that definitely rocked the boat with Canadian hockey fans being like, oh, if that happens during the gold medal game, they're in trouble. Is that something where you think the Americans have the upper hand as goaltending this year? You know, Alex Cavallini is going to be a net for the U.S. Um, tonight. And I think that you, I mean, goal, you have to rely on your goalies. And the fact that, you know, Canada has, stayed solid with Anne Renee. I think that it's not an area of concern for them because, I mean, you know, it's okay, you know, if you have those little, we'll say, hiccups every so often. But I think that they're just mentally going to be in a state where they're just fully prepared all around. They know the level of importance of this game. And I don't think that goaltending is, should be a worry for them, honestly. Do you think the Americans need a bit more of Hillary Knight and Brianna Decker in this tournament, especially if they are to knock off Canada again as underdogs? You know, they they have had quite a few uh, points from all across their roster, maybe not quite like Canada has. And I think that trusting their depth is an area that the U.S. doesn't use quite as much. And I don't think we'll see that tonight because why would you, you know, not go with the best people in the game tonight? But um, I, I think that they've got a good leadership. It would be good to see the best from their best players. But um, I, I think they everyone knows kind of their role. Has there been one player, it doesn't matter what team, what country, whatever, that's really stuck out to you when you're watching a game, you're maybe like, oh, damn, didn't know about her. And now all of a sudden she's someone that you're glued to watch. And like every time she touches the puck, you're just like, yep, noticing her right away. Well, I feel like it's a, I mean, this is kind of an easy answer, but where Sarah Nurse has been for Canada throughout this entire tournament and leading her team in points right now, she's just outstanding i mean so much fun to watch and um I, i've been rooting for her um and I, I think that obviously canada will rely on her tonight too but not not necessarily someone that is an underdog by any means but she's just really been amazing throughout the olympics 
definitely been a breakout tournament for her. I mean, she's definitely like it, it, she's putting in the cat, put it in the category now of a world-class shot because of how she's scoring goals and just that next step that right. she's taken in her game. Okay. Let's leave it at this. Alexis, give me a prediction. You know, well, I, I think Canada will win this one tonight. Um, you know, maybe in a similar fashion to the four, two win that they had over the U S but maybe more kind of like 2018. Maybe it's like a three, two, I don't know about a shootout though. I think it'll be one in regulation. Um, so maybe, maybe we'll go three, two, because I don't think it's going to necessarily be like a high scoring game. So. Do you like shootouts to end hockey games? And especially when it's on this stage, like for a gold medal, do you like shootouts? Honestly, no, not really. I, it's so tough. Like emotionally, the roller coaster that you go through with that, it, it's, it's a lot, especially at this stage. I can't stand it. Maybe that's the former player in me. But Alexis, <laughs> this has been so much fun. Thank you so much. Uh, appreciate you taking the time. Enjoy the game tonight and uh, best of luck. It's awesome to see what you guys are doing over at Stadium. And of course, you're playing a huge part in the hockey side there. Thank you so much for having me. Alexis Downey right there. Go follow her on Twitter at Alexis Downey underscore right now. She's uh, the reporter for Icebreakers on Stadium. Of course, you can catch her, believe in Rangers and uh, NHL contributor for Live on the Line. Joining us here on World Hockey Report. Alrighty, we'll wrap it up. We're getting some questions about you know, who should Canada have taken instead? And and that's such a loaded question. I wish I could find it. We're getting so many texts and comments right now. They're just coming in hot and heavy when you talk about Canada and disappointing in the same sentence. But to swing it all back to the men's side of things here, let's pump the brakes on, okay, you know, just because they didn't have any chellers, it doesn't matter. Well, I still think you should be able to ice a competitive team and losing out in the quarterfinals means you're not damn competitive. That's that's as simple as you can put it right now. So I got five names and they're forwards right now. They're well, they're forwards right now. They're, I got six names. I'll, I'll throw in a sixth. Maybe it's a questionable sixth, but uh, you know, seeing the way that McBain, Power, those guys played. Who's the other college guy? Yeah, Kent Johnson. Seeing the way those guys played, I would have liked to see Carter Savoy get an opportunity. And it's still asinine how he didn't make the World Junior team. That's an absolute joke. But the way Canada needed scoring, I'm telling you, some of these young guys would have helped. And and then you watch the success that Yuri Slavkovsky had in Slovakia. Well, he's a draft eligible. So let's stop making excuses of why Shane Wright couldn't be there. Hey, Connor Bedard, he's having the, one of the best 16-year-old seasons ever in Western Hockey League history. You're going to tell me that you don't think Connor Bedard could hold his own in this Olympic tournament right now? That's insane. That's crazy talk. There's no way that Connor Bedard and Shane Wright wouldn't have been able to hold their own, if not help, and do even more than Canada did in this one. Like, how could it have gotten worse? They're not losing to China. They're not losing to Germany. So, boom, you've got those three wins in your back pocket already. Sure, maybe they have an off game against the Americans. What, you lose by three or four instead of two? What does that really matter? You're still in the quarterfinal. You're still in the same spot, except now you're getting guys some extra experience, and you're just helping Hockey Canada get more eyes. Because right now, we're having the debate about, is Slavkowski in the same category as Wright? Is he in the same category as Logan Cooley? The only reason that's happening is because Slovakia trusts their young guys on the bright stages. 
Why Hockey Canada doesn't? Well, I couldn't give you an answer. Uh, Ma- Max Verona in the Swedish Hockey League as well. I mean, you've got help on the wings. Where did Canada struggle? They really couldn't generate anything to the outside on Sweden. So, I mean, Verona should have been there, the SHL right now. He's, I think he's leading... Maybe he's not leading the league, but he's up there in points. And you got two guys in the Dell, and it's not a jab at Landon Ferraro, but when I'm thinking about offensive ability and who's going to provide the most oomph in my lineup, I mean, (laughs) Riley Sheen's got to come to head. You know, there's there's a couple that uh, Allison also comes to mind. You know, these are guys in Germany right now in the Dell that are proving their worth in a sense, but also they're just producing. That's what you need. End of the day, it doesn't matter what team, you know, if you played on Team Canada U17 West, if you played on the Ivan Holinka tournament with Team Canada 10 years ago, I think Hockey Canada's got to drop the act that, you know, this is something that has to stick with you forever. Go outside of the bubble. Find someone new. It's not that hard. It's not that crazy to think about of maybe we shouldn't care if they played on a world junior team or Team Canada at the under-18 level. You know, it really shouldn't matter about, oh, well, they're on this club and this club's got a Canadian coach and he gives them good recommendations, so we'll trust them. I don't know. I mean, it it was just embarrassing for Canada, if we're going to be honest, about how this tournament went. Moving along, though, uh, let's... Oh, man, the USA, do we want to dive into that? I don't know if we've got time for that, Tom. I'm sorry, we'll get that... Like, you know, it's the whole American hockey system. What's wrong with USA hockey? Well, they won the World Juniors last. I don't think there's anything crazy wrong with it. It's just at the men's level, they're kind of doing what Canada's doing. They're not putting together a successful hockey program. They're not building it right. They're not preparing properly. And end of the day, it's just going to be full of excuses now of why they lost out in the quarterfinals along with Canada. Gavin wants to talk about the uh, Cousins cross-check. Says it was so such a weak cross-check, it's laughable. Well, laughable or not. Also, I commented and uh, Amalek the Titan thinks that uh, Adam Urban Trout can't play in the Olympics. Oh, man, people take Twitter way too seriously at times. Bruin says 5-2 Canada. That's his prediction. This is where not having Decker is going to show. You know, we kind of talked about do they need a little bit more out of Hillary Knight? You know, do they need a little bit more out of Kessel? I I think that there's a couple. Did I ask? Did I say Decker? I don't know. I'm going to go back to the interview and see if I messed up that. But end of the day, I'm excited to see it. Get your predictions in. Tag us on Twitter at WorldHockeyRPT. I got to wrap things up. If you missed any of the conversation, any of the Olympic talk, any of the Oiler talk, former NHL Jason Strudwick interview as well. And Alexis Downey got a set for Canada, USA tonight. It's going to be a good one. Gold medal. 9 o'clock Alberta time, 11 o'clock Eastern time for myself, Cody Jans, and Jeff Beck back at the 12 Ounce Sports Studios. Adam Ermichow, Bryce Bonds, Eric Kraus, Isha Jerome, everyone who helps put this on. Be sure to use promo code THPN on DraftKings as well. Quack Stats, the most advanced player tracking technology. That's my go to for advanced analytics and Quack Stats is the ones to hook it up. Alrighty, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. Same time, same place. Enjoy the Canada-USA game tonight. It's going to be a blast. Everyone, be kind, be better. Yeah.